Hi everyone, I've got another Amy Talks episode for you this week. This time I'm speaking to Joshua Shea, an ex-porn addict, about the possible legislation to prohibit under-18s to view pornography, how education can help the younger generation, and why taking a look at your porn use can be beneficial. So this week's good news story, as ever, supplied by the Good News Network. It's one that I really hope catches on within different communities as uh, school food in cafeterias, school cafeterias, uh, is often wasted. So a uh, school district in the US turned unused cafeteria food into take-home meals for kids in need for the weekend. So the kids normally get a, a lunch, a breakfast and lunch at the school. But sometimes at the weekend they maybe don't eat enough, so or like their family situation means that they they don't get any food at the weekend. So the school instead kind of brought someone in to take charge of that and put their meals together for them and then give them to them at the weekend, which I think is really nice. It also tackles food waste as well because that's a big thing, particularly in schools, as they overcook for expecting you know so many students and and half of them maybe don't don't turn up like you've got a lot of food waste so it's definitely a very good initiative it says many students depend on the free breakfasts and lunches that are provided by the school as their main source of food so when there's no school on the weekend many of those students have nothing to eat at home uh, school administrators then notice how much of their cafeteria food is going straight into the garbage now every friday for the rest of the school year 20 at-risk students from from woodland elementary school will be given a backpack containing eight frozen meals for their weekend at home there's also a quote here it says it's making a big impact melissa ramey from the chamber leadership academy i guess that's a school district that owns it i suppose i'm i'm sort of pleased it's making a big impact and she says i'm proud of that it was heartbreaking to hear that children go home on the weekends and that they don't have anything to eat there was a news coverage by WSBT, which is obviously a local news station, and uh, it's a very heartwarming and both, uh, I suppose, environmentally kind of raising awareness of the environment and the wastage of, of food. It's a really good video. I definitely think it will inspire more school districts to, to do the same. As ever, I will link it at the bottom of the description of this episode, so you can go and have a look for yourself and look at the video if you want to. It's a very lovely story. So I'm here with Josh. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thank you for having me on your show. No problem. Uh, so a little bit of trivia. You told me earlier today that you're five years sober today. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I never would have... Uh believed I could go five years if you told me that I was uh, going to be like that about ten years ago. Mm. Well, it was a great achievement. So Yeah, I, uh, I'm very proud of myself. I don't get proud of myself for a lot of things, but this is one of those things that I'm allowing myself just uh, a little bit of pride over. Oh, very nice. This interview concerns uh, pornography addiction. It's kind of becoming more recognized i suppose it's a very kind of interesting topic as porn is sort of socially acceptable amongst young people but not widely talked about why do you think it's not the issue isn't being raised about what porn's doing to the brain uh three letters s-e-x 
And we live in a world where people are having sex, they're looking at sex, but they're not talking about sex. Mm. And I think that's what keeps it behind closed doors. You know, it wasn't, you know, you go back 100 years, nobody wanted to talk about alcoholism. You go back mm. 30 years, nobody wanted to talk about opiate addiction. Um, I think that this is just one of those things that hasn't really seen the light of day yet. Hopefully, mm. you know, with more uh, education, with more people talking about it, we mm. can remove the stigma because statistics show it's becoming quite a problem. Mm. But some people could be a casual viewer. What then turns it into an addiction? Well, addiction, no matter whether it's pornography or food or gambling, is basically defined that somebody continues a behavior despite knowing that it is either physically or mentally harmful to them and that there will likely be negative consequences, mm. yet they can't stop the behavior. So much like there are people who can have one or two beers or someone who could go to a casino and only spend a little bit of money, there are people who can look at just a little bit of porn and be fine, but there also is that section that is absolutely addicted to it. Hmm. So as, as you mentioned, education is definitely a way forward. I think particularly as young people now learn about sex from porn when really they're just porn actors. So what do you think should be solution that's kind of taught in schools? Well, I think that's absolutely the key. I think it needs to be taught in schools, and I think it also needs to be taught by parents. I mm -hmm. think that as long as you don't make it a taboo subject, um, you can discuss this with children if you make it age appropriate. Yeah. You know, I don't think that there's something wrong with telling a seven or eight year old child if you happen to be using a computer or you're with a friend and they have, you know, their telephone and you see some pictures of people that disturb you, it's okay to come talk to me about it mm -hmm. and just leave it at that, you know? And I think, you know, much like we learned about sex growing up, yeah, piece by piece by piece, mm -hmm. um, if you keep if you keep it age appropriate, it'll work. Most parents tell their children to stay off of drugs, and the vast majority do. You know, parents tell their children to look both ways before crossing the street. You teach your children basic ideas for safety, and I think that having a uh, cautionary uh, tale about pornography is just something that, you know, right-thinking parents are going to have to start doing here in this age of the internet. Yeah. I mean, as, as you said, it's definitely a stigma and nobody will talk about it as a problem, which is why many people don't admit to having a problem with it. So how did your addiction to porn affect your life personally? Well, I was a very successful businessman. If you go back about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I was the publisher of a very popular magazine in this part of the country. Um, I had created a very popular film festival, and I was also a local politician in my town. So I was very mm -hmm. well known. Yeah. I was very successful. But for about 20 years, I had hid the fact that I dealt with my stress and my anxiety with alcohol and pornography. Mm -hmm. I guess I had what you would call a uh, functional addiction, yeah. where it didn't really affect my work, didn't really affect my home life, but it, they were definitely crutches for me. Uh, eventually, when my business started, one of my businesses started to fail, 
um, I made the absolutely horrible decision to pull myself off of medication that I take for bipolar disorder. Mm. I thought I thought that I could tap into my manic side, and that might give me two or three extra hours a day to work on the issues with the business. And I thought that it would, you know, help me be more creative mm. and help me have a stronger work ethic and a drive. But what ended up happening was in removing that medication from my daily regimen, my addictions absolutely exploded. Yeah. Uh, I started I started drinking almost around the clock, and I went from just looking at pornography online to actually going into chat rooms, and that led to video chat rooms where I would uh, meet up with women and often uh, convince them to take off their clothes or perform sexual acts on a webcam for me. Mm-hmm. And one day in early 19 or early 2014, uh, just a little more than five years ago, um, the police showed up at my door and said that one of the women that I spoke with online was actually a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely in the blink of an eye changed my life forever. I can um, at, the, at, at the moment, at the moment that happened, I thought that my life was over and it was forever ruined, but since that's happened, I recognize that it has actually been absolutely a blessing that mm. I don't know how much longer I would have been able to go on living the life that I was living. I only give even odds that I'd be here to talk to you today about it because I was getting that sick, mm. and thankfully, the intervention from the police was exactly what I needed to get my life on track, get yeah. my priorities on track, and seek the help that I needed to battle these two addictions. Yeah, so it was almost like a blessing in disguise. Absolutely, and in the moment you don't recognize it, but in looking back, you know, I, uh, I recognized when they came to the door my life would be different forever, but I didn't realize my life would actually be so much better like it is today. Mm-hmm. You wrote a book about your recovery from your addictions. What helped change, I, I suppose you just answered it, what helped change in your thinking towards pornography and kind of what do you hope the reader takes away from it? Well, uh, there were, there were uh, are three things. First is that um, there is no stereotypical porn addict. I think that we have this uh, stereotype of a 19-year-old guy living in his mom's basement yeah, who yeah, has never, def- never kissed a girl in real life. Yeah, and you know doesn't have interaction with real women. Um, and that's absolutely false. When I went to rehab uh, for my porn addiction, I met men, women, old, young, rich, poor, white, black, Mexican, Asian. I mean, I met every type of person you can imagine. There is no stereo, stereotypical porn addict. It can be anybody. Um, the second thing that I wanted people to take away from it is, the, is just the idea that this can really lead to places you never would imagine. Now, like I said, I had a porn addiction for 20, 22 years before I ever entered one of these chat rooms. Mm. But like any other, like any other addiction, it escalates. That's what the I was about to say. Yeah, it escalates. The way an alcoholic starts with beer and then moves on to wine and then moves on to shots, or the way a gambling addict starts betting low and then pretty soon they're losing their house and their kids' inheritance, um, 
my my addiction escalated when I wasn't taking care of my mental health. And I want people to understand that, you know, 99.9% of the time I was an addict, I wasn't capable of doing this kind of thing, but I reached the point where I was. And if I can reach that point, being a successful business person with a wife, with kids, you know, two cars, nice house, if I can reach that point, anybody can reach that point. Mm-hmm. So anybody who might be an addict reading the book or even listening to us now, don't dismiss that you'll never end up where I was because I would have dismissed it if someone had told me. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the idea behind the book is if you think that you have a pornography addiction, if you feel like you have an issue where your pornography use isn't just recreational, isn't uh, in a, what you'd call healthy use, mm. that you go and get some help. You know, I spent hundreds of hours in therapy. As I mentioned, I went to a rehab uh, facility that was inpatient. Um, I got the help that I needed to really reconfigure my brain and really understand how the addictions formed. Mm. Uh, without that, I don't think I could have conquered it. And so, you know, it's not one of those things that you can easily conquer on your own. You need to get professional help. So I hope people walk away from the book uh, seeking that help if they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so UK legislation was meant to come in on Monday, uh, yesterday to stop uh, under-18s viewing porn by uploading their ID, but that didn't happen. So what is your opinion on that legislation? I think, like most uh, politicians, that their heart is in the right place, that on a philosophical level, I understand what they want to do, and I agree with what they want to do, but in in the real world, there are a lot of problems with what they're proposing. Number one, you have to define what pornography is. Number two, you have to define what makes a pornographic website pornographic. Uh, number three, you've got to talk about all the privacy issues. What if you know some of these porn sites out there are from you know really sketchy places and really sketchy people? Do you want them having your ID information? That's that's, and then, part, and of the, then, that's part of the reason why they never brought it in due to privacy concerns. Right, and then number four, if this was something, you know, like a mall where it was contained to one area and you could have jurisdiction over one physical place, that's one thing, but what are they going to do with all these websites that are from Asia or uh, North America or Africa? How Mm -hmm. are they going to actually implement these rules? I understand that they can do it for some of the large multinational porn sites like a Pornhub, but these little tiny sites that pop up uh, in you know places all over the world, how are they really going to establish any jurisdiction over those? Mm. Like I said, I think it's I think it's a wonderful idea, but I think it's a wonderful fantasy. And the reality of the world we live in is one that no one country is ever going to be able to control the internet in any discernible way. Yeah, and also people can get it from other places. So, for example. On Instagram, there's certain hashtags that if you search it, you can see it. Well, and that's exactly it. Are you going to make everybody who is uh, over 18 years old sign in to use Google Images? Mm. Are they going to have to sign in every time they want to use YouTube just because you can find pornography that way? It seems like, like I said, you're going to have to make a lot of judgment calls 
on what websites are pornographic and what aren't. And I think that, you know, some companies uh, may just say, well, you know what, uh, over where you are, it's not enough of an audience, it's not a big enough audience to care, so we'll just cut you out of it completely. Mm-hmm. And then what happens if you what happens if you guys get cut out of quality websites like YouTube, like Google, that for the vast majority are used for good yeah. and used for decent reasons, but because it's just not worth the headache that they just cut it out entirely. I mm-hmm. think that leaves you know, that that, that does more harm than good in the long run. Mm, definitely, I, I agree. My final question, I suppose, as reaching out to the listeners of this podcast, uh, so what are the signs of porn addiction for anyone listening that might be worried that maybe they or a loved one maybe has a bit of excessive porn use? Well, what you can look for is, uh, first, you know, how much are you thinking about it? Are you plotting your day around looking at pornography. Is that almost becoming part of your schedule? That's Mm -hmm. a big uh, indication that that is starting to be a bit of a problem. Are you replacing uh, other things that you used to do in your life? Going out with friends, watching television, uh, other hobbies, are you replacing that with pornography? Um, Are you lying to anybody about your pornography use? Uh, Are you you know, lying to people if they confront you about it or tell you that they think it's too much. Um, These are a lot of the early signs that uh, something's going wrong. And uh, later on down the road, you know, if you're you're starting to have problems at work, if you're starting to have financial problems, you know, if, if stress is building up and you're using pornography as an outlet, um, that can be a real indicator of a problem because it shows that you're self-medicating and self-medicating with, you know, a substance, uh, whether it be an illegal drug or pornography is not healthy. So you just have to really be vigilant and, uh, look out for how your behavior is and is it straying into an area where it's causing just as much trouble as it's actually relieving stress or you believe it's relieving stress. Mm-hmm. So those are all very valid points. Um, those are all my questions for you today. Thank you very much for joining me. Well, I really had a good time here, and I appreciate you having me on your show. No problem. Bye now. Bye. So that's it for this episode. If you wish to follow Josh and his recovery or want to find out more about his book, please go to recoverypornaddicts.com. You can follow the show on social media at Amy Talks Podcast. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. You can listen to past and future episodes by subscribing on iTunes and now finally uh, Spotify again as it is back up and running. I'm very sorry about the downtime on that. Um, that was more on their end than mine. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode and until next time, bye.